The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. All right, well, welcome to the show. This is a very different show. Uh, we want to talk about something very important. A lot of people are jumping on the Bengals bandwagon because they got Joe Burrow, they revamped their roster, we got a lot of young, exciting linebackers, we got some big free agents, and it's natural that people finally see us as a real franchise. We've done everything, drafted right, spending money. But there is a lot more to it when it comes to being a Bengals fan. We have suffered through way too much to just let anybody onto the bandwagon. So today, we're going to talk about what it takes to be a Bengals fan, to earn that badge. And to do so, we have one of the biggest Bengals fans in the world, native of Cincinnati and former uh, SNL cast member, Luke Null, who is currently uh, doing a stand-up, and he's going to talk about that. And Luke, uh, welcome to the show. Let's add him. Luke. Oh, yeah, there he is. Oh, yes. Guys, yeah. one of the biggest Bengals fans in the world also in terms of sheer body mass. Yes. That's right. You're second That's to me. Really That's true. Really Sec- hey, I'll take second place. In yeah. The- yeah. And Luke is based in Los Angeles, but he walks around with this jacket, which it's that tells true. you. That is bravery. That tells you. Look, look at that. Look at that. I you can't that. even find that in Cincinnati. 1990s Bengal fandom yeah. in all its glory. Looks like something they would have worn in the musical called Grease. Yeah. They actually used to wear these on the field in the 90s when we were losing that's, that's, for 10 straight seasons. That's a lot, <clears throat> Oh, yeah. And like yeah. you said, doing stand-up now, put out a live uh, stand-up album called Guitar Comic. That's it's, right. uh, it's on all the streaming stuff, it, wherever music is found, baby. That's but thank great. you for having me. Yeah. No, we're, we're really excited about it. So... Okay, guys. So, yeah, please. And yeah. I don't know, Luke, if you know, but uh, uh, you know, I, I I go back with that show, the uh, the SNL Saturday Night Live show. Do you do you know a guy named G. E. Smith? Are you guys friends? You and G. E. G. E. was gone by the time that I was there. It was Lenny Pickett who led the band while uh, while I was there, and uh, Lenny is is one bad mofo. But no, yeah. I never got to meet G. E. Good oh, old that's G. a shame, man. Because you know that we had that thing going on where he's G. E. Like, and I'm electric, you know, I called him George, but he was GE, you know, it, 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 guitarists, we get like that. We get very competitive. Yeah. You guys are like this. Yeah. You and GE Smith from yeah. the Saturday Night Live. Band. The old days. Yeah. I mean, uh, Luke, maybe, maybe, uh, you know, could you tell us a little bit about, because we have a live show and um, I don't know, we have 10 viewers right now. Did you ever have that many? I don't know. Um, uh, SNL yeah. actually tops off at eight or nine viewers. That's live, right. Okay. That's be, right. Yeah. Uh, but, I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it's a lot of it's a lot of views the following morning. Sunday morning right. is really when SNL rakes in the 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 eyeballs. But what a lot of something that people don't know about GE Smith from the Saturday Night Live band is that in his early days he was actually an illustration, a series of two illustrations on notebook paper. Uh, rotating back and forth. Oh my! He gets everything from me, man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that guy, George. George Haddad. That's his name, actually. Yeah. Very interesting. Yeah. That's very interesting. Yeah, but I mean, yeah. If you have any tips for us, I mean, in terms, of, I'm sure it's a very hectic process. I can't imagine. I've heard things. 
in interviews, podcasts, people are talking about the, the process because it's, you know, the turnaround is so quick and so much of the, the bits are, are, you know, current you know, topics. So, so how does that process work? I mean, just, you know. I mean, it is a, an orchestrated and planned hurricane every week. Like it, one of the coolest things about being at that place is seeing the machine at work when you're in, in the studio and seeing, because it's live. I mean, they're setting up one sketch while another one is happening. And in between the commercial break, there's this choreographed dance with, uh, you know, it, it, it's, it's quite a sight to behold. So that's what you guys really got to look forward to is a lot of camera jib shot operators driving little go-kart cameras around and um, people yelling. Uh, it, it, yeah, that, that's in the future for y'all. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, honestly, SNL might be in my future. I don't know about these guys. My future, I, Lauren hasn't asked me just yet. And, you know, I, I, I get it. I get it. Um, people, the younger crowd doesn't know me, but uh, I have been waiting to be asked to host or at least the musical guest. Honestly, same. Yeah. Yeah, yeah but uh, I mean, yeah, we could, we could talk all day about Saturday Live. Yeah, we could. And I know Hoji would love that. Although I think, Hoji, maybe Muppets Tonight would be more... more, more well, uh, I think we could do maybe yeah. like a crossover. Yeah. But but we should we should get to uh, business now. We have uh, I have some conditions, and you can add some others for what it takes to be a bandwagoner, Bengals fan. Or yeah, we've never had that before. We've never had it before. It's amazing, and we, we haven't even won any games. I mean, we haven't no. even gotten better. We had our worst season in a while, yeah. and all these people want to jump on the bandwagon. Technically, we won the Brown Super Bowl, which is the off season. That's true. That's right. That That's is true. true. That is true. And we're winning the hype game right now. Yeah, yeah, which is mental, psychological warfare, really. So, so, so the first thing I want to say is, you have certain conditions to meet unless you are a native Bengals fan, which means you are from the area, because then you're allowed just by, you know, just by your geographical birthright. location. Birthright. Yeah. By your yeah. birthright, you're allowed to be a Bengals fan. Your birthright is, Bengals fan, like John. Like John, but John, you know, John's been 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 very loyal since he was like ten. I think he's a Bengals fan. You say it like there's people that were like you can't you you don't deserve to be. I think it's more of a, a of a of a curse uh, rather than you get to be a Bengals fan. Like it, if you were born in the in the patch of dirt adjacent to Paul Brown Stadium, you must be a Bengals fan, and that's yeah. actually a life sentence. That's, that's not true. That's not but, something but, but that's the whole thing, though, because yeah. I was born I, in the hospital I was born in in Cincinnati. I could see where Paul Brown Stadium was going to be. I Paul Brown Stadium wasn't built yet, but I was my mom was a Steelers fan. So it wasn't wow. it wasn't a, an automatic for me to become a Bengals fan. But I think we are accustomed to having location and geographical you know, uh, you know, identities to two sports teams. So I think that's the curse that Luke is talking about. Here. Is there is there any tension about that with the house divided there? Yeah, there is, or growing there is, up hating your mom. There, there is no tension because I I love my mom. We're actually recording this on Mother's Day, <laughs> and I just cooked her a, a nice oh, breakfast, pancakes, and, and eggs. So shout out to mom for there being the go. best Steelers fan that I know. Probably the best Steelers fan of all time, if, if we're going to even go there, because I mean, all the rest of them are just awful. But but regardless, like you know, like she. She has an exception, in my opinion, because we, we can talk about growing up in Ohio and being Steelers fan. But she also has family from Pittsburgh. There that, you go. You know, you know ha, she, she she didn't have a choice. I think she I had a choice right. because her my family growing up was a Steelers family. And I ended up being a Bengals family fan because of my friends. It's a lot like the whole, you know, Skywalker saga. Where, where you know, you, 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 you came to the light from the dark of the Steelers. Mm -hmm. So is my mom Darth Vader in that scenario? I mean, there is a, a father-son thing in the movie, from what I remember. But uh, that that would imply that, you know, deep down she's a Bengals fan, which gets complicated. Yeah, in the end, day. I'm sure in it the end it will work day. out. In the end, it will work out, John. Like they did with mm -hmm. Darth Vader, yeah. Yes. Okay. So, John, please tell us, who is who has that birthright? Who has the right to be a Bengals fan without passing any tests? If you're born in Ohio or Kentucky, I think you have that birthright. I think Kentucky identifies with Bengals fandom um, more than t Titans fan or any other type team around there. With Ohio, it gets tricky because I think it splits um, 
if you if you fold the state of Ohio like like a like a hamburger bun and like in that halfway, I think anything above Columbus gets into Browns territory, and I think they're pretty loyal to that part of it. Um, Southwest, especially Ohio, is obviously Bengals, but Ohio gets tricky. Whereas I think Kentucky has more unified fandom towards Bengals, and when you're talking about Indiana and you're completing that triumvirate, the tri- tri-state area, it's really like if you're close to the border of Ohio, I think you have. The, not the moral obligation to root for the Bengals, whereas anything west of that, you enter Colts territory. So if you're in those three areas, if you're in Kentucky, if you're in South, Ohio, South, Southern Ohio and Eastern Illinois or Indiana, excuse me, then you have that Bengals geographical identity to you. Yeah, Luke, okay. please. I was just going to say, if you're in Columbus, you get to be like, we don't like pro sports. We're only OSU here. Right. Yeah, that's yeah. true. Yeah. So, okay. So we know who uh, doesn't have to pass the test. Now for the test, it's pretty straightforward. Look, uh, like Luke said, it used to be like you had to, you know, it's like we were cursed to be a Bengals fan. But now that that's not the case, we think that others should experience some of the pain of the curse. It's only fair. And well, so if they're joining now, they might not experience too much pain. Who knows? Maybe this team is yeah, actually yeah. good. Well, so Guys, yeah. Yeah. Please. Luke. Hope has never been, uh, higher. I feel like we're 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 feeling what Browns fans feel every three years when they have a first overall pick. Um, I'm I'm very cautiously optimistic, and I think that the the hope is the watermark is at an all time high. But part of me, because I've been hurt so much my entire life, is still so guarded, like a like a like a dog that you get at the shelter. I I need to be loved on a little bit before yeah. I can begin to lick the hand instead of bite it. Um, you know what I mean? Like, I feel like I'm just very cautious that we're still going to be very hurt. We are. <laughs> this is exactly, this yeah. is exactly how we know Luke has been on TV before because he is the king, the king of segues, because I think the first identity type thing that you hold on to as a Bengals fan or as a new Bengals fan is that you have had to have experienced some form of heartbreak that yeah. Bengals fans before us have all experienced. Right. right. It's just yeah. to get them prepared psychologically, you know? It's just to you, you need it. You need it so you can survive being a Bengals fan. Exactly. You can't know yeah. just, you know, trotting through rose bushes every, every day and, you know, having sunshine in your face. It's not always like that. It's not, yeah. it's not like being a Patriots fan. Right. And so, John, what is your personal heartbreak? <sighs> I, I originally think back to 2005 when they lost to the Steelers in the Walker game and Carson Palmer had his, his leg destroyed in that. But I think the, the true breaking point was the second Steelers playoff game in 2016. I know that's what a lot of people point to, but it, I just remember being in my basement and it was like, you know, hope, hope had never been higher for any Bengals fan at, at that time, for at least, at least in my age group. Whereas, you know, this team was supposed to do something and they're already down their quarterback and the game, it, it started off bad, but they crawled back to winning, you know, in the final two minutes and it was, I, I was just upset the entire game. I didn't want to be happy. I was constantly pacing around my basement. And then when they showed that they were finally going to do it, and then it was taken away like that from their own actions, that was there. There was no low right there when they lost. I was like, there's no way that this is ever going to get worse. And at this point, there's no way I can ever take this team seriously from now on. That was the low Yeah. You talk, the Jeremy Hill fumble is their own actions, right? I mean, right. We yeah, can hold him accountable now because he what? totally yeah. he totally stabbed us in the back afterward. He was not apologetic. Yeah. 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 I mean, he kind of gloated after he won the Super Bowl with the Patriots, which was yeah. But you know, you know, one thing that I read that that Hoji would really like is that AJ McCarron, before Jeremy Hill fumbled. He uh, he emphasized, you know, holding on to the ball. That was like, you know, a guy who and the man knows how to win. Yeah, it's, it's like he was the one guy who didn't have that Bengalese demeanor. You know, he came through. You know, Daddy was kind of a shy guy. So let me tell you a story about that 2016 loss. I'm going to tell the story not from my perspective, but what happened to Daddy. So Daddy, he has this old, old Corolla that's basically falling apart. And, it, and, and you know, he, he was living in L.A. at the time, driving around with this Corolla. And he goes to get his oil changed, which, which uh, he goes to a super cheap place. And, and and I remember him telling me the story where he's like the guy looked at the the uh, 
license plate thing that he had that said Bengals and was yeah. like, man, I feel sorry for you. Like you have that's people true. publicly making that's people feel sorry for you. Remember that? Yeah. that you tell me that story. Yeah, oh. I was. And I was, yeah, I was in Los Angeles and Luke is there. I'm sure he has a lot of stories of people saying, you know, I feel sorry for you for being a Bengals fan. But that 2016, I think a lot of people felt it. Sorry, Luke, go ahead. No, I was going to say, I, I've only been in Los Angeles for uh, like uh, close to two years. Um, but uh, I remember recently, it's, it, I, you know, I, I feel like the, the NFL footprint here is 10 US at best, in spite of having two teams that no one cares about. I, I mentioned being a Bengals fan. I think I had like a, a Bengals shirt on and someone who's from LA, I was like, yeah, no, I'm from Cincinnati. I'm a big Bengals fan. And they genuinely thought I was making up that team as a franchise. They're like, that's not an NFL team. I'm that's like, hilarious. yeah, no, it is. They thought you're being a comedian. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's yeah. part of the fun. But the heartbreak of those, the, of the playoff losses, I'm turning 30 soon. Thank you guys. Hold the applause. Well, you look great. Um, and never want, you know, never been alive for a playoff game. Right. I guess technically they won when I was like months old. Uh, but uh, those five consecutive years where we made it and, and exited in the wild card round were all increasingly yeah. painful. I feel like because like 2011, Andy and AJ's rookie year, ESPN's calling for the Bengals to go 0 and 16, and then we scrape together nine wins and eke our way into the playoffs. I was genuinely just happy for them to be there, and I yeah. took the, the beat down from the Texans. I was like, you know what? We made it to the playoffs. This is fun. The second year when we went back to, to Houston, I was like, all right, last year, happy to be there. This year, we're getting the win. And nope. And Andy sails one over AJ's head in the fourth quarter. And cool. And we lose that one. Not as bad. People don't talk about how embarrassing the right. 2013 playoff loss oh, was. Oh, man. Which yeah. we were at home. We were at home. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I don't yeah, know please. if you were trying to No, please, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The no, the Chargers. Oh, the Chargers. Oh, yeah. No, the, yeah, the Chargers one where uh, we were at home, we were favored. Oh, yeah. And, and the game, in a matter of, I don't know, a couple minutes, uh, three straight turnovers, right, John? I think Dalton had three straight turnovers. One of them were the – I remember Hoji in our video said the ball slipped out of his hands like a wet baby. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, which yeah. which is a very scary. Which has happened to me. That's the yeah. whole thing. Like it, it was like it was bad weather, and people are trying to excuse that for Dalton. But this, this team is from San Diego. Like like there's no excuse if you're going from San Diego to play. Yeah, yeah. and, and they already beat them that year. Yeah, they <laughs> beat them about a month San earlier. That well, and that was the thing. It was. Yeah. I mean, it was a recipe for disappointment to have a team that was so good in the regular season and so bad when it came close to the postseason or when it came to primetime games, and that that. Yeah. The, find that era of the Bengals. If you yeah. remember, if you remember in that game and in the uh, game that John mentioned, both of them, you had these running backs that weren't big stars running all over us. Do you yeah. remember both those games? It was like, wait a second, we can't stop anybody in the most fundamental part of the game. And so it was great. And I don't like blaming Marvin Lewis. I really think this stuff is bigger than him. And, 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 and in defense of Marvin Lewis, let's be honest. I mean, he never had the opportunities in free agency to really build the roster he wanted. You know, it was always mm -hmm. like you're stuck with what you draft. Yeah, but, which is amazing because look yeah. at how much, like, leniency Coach Zach already has. I mean, the stuff Zach has done, Marvin was never allowed to do. Never. Yeah. So, so Zach then, must have something going on there, some magic, you know. He seems to be the, yeah. Brown, you know, the, uh, the Mike Brown whisperer. Then there's, then there's yeah. like the 2014 playoff loss for the fourth straight consecutive year when we lost to the yeah. Colts. But yeah. that one, it's hard to put that one on Marvin because like AJ didn't play. Yeah, it was or like Marvin Jones was out that entire year. I think they started Rex Burkhead at slot receiver yeah. for a right. playoff game. Yeah, like, exactly. We had no chance off that game too. He was yeah. So Nugent good. Nugent hit a fifty-eight yarder. Uh, yeah. You know, but then they just left us in the dust. And that one, I genuinely felt bad for Marvin. I'm like, he, we didn't have a chance. Yeah. So, yeah. so Luke and John, I want to ask a hypothetical, and I want you to be honest. I'm not going to ask Daddy because I know I already knows what know what he thinks, and I know he won't be honest. Okay, if uh, if Dalton were the starter in that uh, in 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 that uh, 2015 game, yeah, would it have been different in a better way? Absolutely, really. 
Absolutely. Because you look at how he was playing. Here's the thing about Andy. I love Andy. I'll go down swinging for Andy. Andy shrunk from the big moments, but that year he he was on fire. He that well, 2015. Luke, I I'm sorry, but I I will just point this out. We had three primetime games when Andy was healthy, if I'm not mistaken, right? Uh, we had the Browns Thursday night game where Eifert had three touchdowns. Yeah, right. That doesn't count. No, Browns and Thursday doesn't count. But we had the Texans game. Yeah, that was bad. He always played bad against the classic, Texans. Classic, classic Dalton, classic primetime. It was like, what happened to this team? Where'd they go? Yeah. Yes. And, but we, we, and we had the Cardinals game. We had the Cardinals game where we got behind by, I don't know how much, double digits for sure. And then they're trying to play catch up. But before that, Dalton yeah. disappeared. Go you back know? and watch that game. You the can't Cardinals be mad game? at Andy. That, that Cardinals game, that's one of the only times I've ever watched the Bengals lose. And I was like, you know what? They're, they they played well. Like uh, the end of the game, Andy had them in it. I think we I think we only lost by like three points, but it, we, we were playing catch up. But that yeah. one was not like a shellacking embarrassment. Wait, but that's, that's the whole tragedy of Dalton, I think, because yeah. it, it's poetic that that came against the Chargers because the quarterback was Carson Palmer, and 2015 is regarded as Andy's best year. When if you look at that season, Carson was objectively a better quarterback that year. It, it, it's 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 just it's not funny. It's it's more. Tragic. John, anything, I'm sorry, John. Yeah, I, I hate to interrupt you, but we actually have a policy here when it comes to Carson Palmer. No, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. We we can't talk good about Carson Palmer on the show. It's just I'm sorry about that. It's just are we gonna cut that it's out? It's like an SNL where yeah. there's a seven second delay and they can beep us or something yeah. like that. Yeah. Yeah. Censored, I, I feel yeah. like I'm in the other camp where I'm like, I'm not mad at Carson Palmer. Could you imagine being Carson Palmer for that entire stretch of of Bengaldom where he's like he, he gets so fed up that he's willing to never play the game he loves again if he has to play under Mike Brown. Well, Luke, well, Luke, Luke you know, on. let me explain. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah, please. It, it, Daddy and I come from honor cultures, and I right. think that might be the right. Thing. There was no honor in what he did to us. No, this, I agree. But looking no, back. You, yeah. I mean, would you tell him about what happens in your village when someone violates your honor? It's ugly. It's ugly. And you have to ride a goat around town and there's bells put around your neck. It's ugly. It's ugly. And it, yeah. has, it has happened to me. Yeah, and we didn't do any of that with Carson. We no. let him go. We just like, hey, we chilled. But, but isn't that the whole thing? Like, go to California. Bengals fans like, trash all over his lawn. People were horrible to him. People. I don't think it, that's horrible. I think that's that's just the protocol. I think that comes with the territory. Luke. But but I think I'm I'm trying to answer Hoji's question here. His question was, would it be any different if Dalm was in there? Like we 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 saw the foreshadowing that you, Daddy, were, were explaining to in, yeah. in that game against Carson Palmer. He had a chance on Sunday Night Football, right. and the better quarterback that year beat him. And I think that yeah. should have told us that yeah. even though right. he was playing but, so well. Maybe I mean, things wouldn't have been different. I mean, I, here's the way I describe yeah. it. Yeah, but the, he always wet the bed, as they say in prime time. No, Against the Cardinals, he wet the bed and no. then he tried to wash his own sheets. No, that's not right? the phrase. But it is not wet the bed. He, he didn't wet the bed against the You're Cardinals. You're trying to say something different here. Okay. And I don't know what it is. Yeah, I don't know either. But look, I'll just say this. Luke, uh, look, uh, Dalton struggle against the Steelers. That's its own thing. Okay. And then you have the playoff thing. That's its own thing. And then you have the weather and the slippery ball. And then you have our defense was letting them run all over this, which means the quarterback would have had to carry the team, which Dalton never does, not against the Steelers, not in primetime, not in the playoffs. I, I, I honestly think that fourth quarter by McCarron, Dalton was not capable of. No. He yeah, was just not capable of that. And, that, and that's where I want to – that's my heartbreak. My heartbreak yeah. is that, that the Bengals organization had an infatuation with Andy Dalton that really killed us. I brought up the example last time of missing Mahomes in the in the draft and, and other opportunities to move away from Dalton. But I also believe, and people get on my case all the time for this, A.J. McKenna didn't get his fair shake. No, 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 he did not. And he did a great fourth quarter there. He, he was cool under pressure. And yes, the, bang, the Bengals were down. But I always say, the last time A.J. McKenna touched the ball that year, the Bengals were winning. The yeah. Bengals were winning the last time. Well, I think technically he got it with like five seconds left, but yeah. It's You're, on You're on peyote. You're on peyote. I am, uh, yeah. Andy McCarron is terrible. Yes. If, if, if things had gone different, if Andy hadn't gotten hurt, not only would things have been different, but we wouldn't have even been playing wild card weekend. 
You go back and watch that game where uh, AJ McCarron fumbles away the bye week. Yeah, but that was the best Luke's defense got a point here. Luke's got a point. If, if Andy Dalton stays healthy, they probably win 13 games that year. They get a yeah. bye. And we don't we don't have to pretend that AJ McCarron played good in that playoff game. It was just yeah, better than terrible. That's what I mean. Like, like, I'm not saying Andy Dalton would play good, but we don't have to pretend AJ McCarron. No, the but we do have to pretend. Hold on, hold on. Who cares? If he played good in the first three, then we have to in the fourth quarter. But okay, look, look, clearly I, I, there is a there is a there is a there is a divide here. There's a divide here from villagers and non-villagers. Me and Hoji have one take, and it, 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 we don't know the reasons, but we have no. Yeah, I just want to pose one yeah. last question to Luke. Okay, do you accept that there is a certain kind of quarterback, and I am putting AJ McCarron and Nick Foles in that camp, where if someone else does the dirty work during the regular season, they are so cool under pressure that they win. Despite their lack of ability, uh, I think you can put the clutch gene in like the the playoff dragon Joe Flacco kind of like in the right situation. Right. Somebody, some guys just have the clutch gene, but you don't win a lot of games where you score sixteen points. And AJ McCarron had that one TD. He has a noodle arm. After he left the Bengals, he goes to the Bills and gets beat out by. Who? Tyrod Taylor? Or no, something? Nate Peterman. Nate yeah. Peterman. Yeah, yeah. Nate Peterman is There's a, a, a reason why AJ yeah. McCarron isn't in the league anymore. And if he is, he's holding a clipboard in Oakland or something. No, he's a well, backup. I'm not, I'm not the AJ McCarron. I'm not saying he would have been a good quarterback. But he converted like two or three fourth downs or something. Big yeah. third downs, fourth downs. That required. I'm just saying those plays, Dalton doesn't make. I know that. Now, so, maybe Dalton would have been in that position. About winning 13 games, John, I disagree. That was at Denver, the best defense in the league, Super Bowl-winning defense that AJ yeah. McCarron lost. He lost the Steelers game, but we were down 10 points after Dalton's interception and the thumb-breaking. Right. I don't think he would have won that game. We won the one in Denver. You know, AJ McCarron early in the game was, 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 was doing well, and then the defense adjusted, and Marvin didn't adjust. Yeah, but he fumbled away the yeah, game. Yeah, he, he gave it away. Yeah. But I'm he saying, lost it in an embarrassing like, we're, we're going on and on about Yeah, yeah, we're going on. Yeah. Okay, so, on. so yeah. uh, John said his, Luke said his, Hoji, uh, your heartbreak moment. You got mine. Mine is along these lines. I mean, I said it. My, my, my heartbreak moment was really the excessive attachment to things that didn't work in the Marvin Lewis era. So I, it's not one moment, it's a series of moments strung together, uh, you know, which include, and I, and I, I love Andy, I'm glad he's, he's, he had this time with us, but which include the excessive attachment to Andy Dalton. Yeah, yeah. Well, okay, so I'm gonna say mine, and I'm gonna take something different. I mean, well, you guys mentioned the biggest ones. Luke, you know, mentioned the five playoff losses. I remember that uh, second Texas Texas when like you said the ball sailed over AJ's head. That hurts not as much as the 2016 one, um, but it was similar where it was the game was within reach and we lost. Yeah. So that really hurt. Yeah. But I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with one guys that's very relevant to our new bandwagoners. Something they should consider, which is Kijana Carter. Oh my gosh. Uh, yeah, tearing up his knee in yeah. his first preseason game, like his first to second carry, guys. Let me explain something. When Kajana Carter went first overall, running backs, not quarterbacks, running backs were the guys you said you need to build your offense around. They are going to be the saviors. Kajana Carter was supposed to be that savior guy. Yeah. I don't want to scare people away, but I'm just telling you, as being a Bengals fan, be prepared. I love Joe Burrow. He's a tough guy. I hope nothing happens. But that is the kind of heartbreak you well, have I mean, to prepare. Your, yeah. You have oh, to prepare look, what happened, look what happened with Andrew Luck. I mean, mentally, the guy just didn't want it anymore you know no, like, they, like he lost his spleen or something poor guy he, he lost, lost his spleen it. and stuff like that but my understanding is he left the nfl because he wanted to at that point right yeah. well you i think look yeah, at the yeah. Bengals curse of first rounders how many of our i think six of the last seven years our first rounder has missed the majority of the season right after you got jonah williams i know uh william jackson the third missed his entire rookie season that uh, John Ross just got benched his entire rookie season. Yeah, that uh, was it, it, yeah. I mean, I'm 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 bracing for the bad news. It's been too much good stuff happening. Yeah, and, exactly. Yeah. So please, those of you at home, you want to be a Bengals fan, find some sort source of heartbreak in your life. Find it and 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 really embrace it. 
and prepare yourself. Can, can I just say something scientifically here? Please, please. Okay. So the way the body works is that wear and tear builds up and accumulates over time. Okay, so if you run on concrete every day, you're not going to notice something day one or day two. Day 30, your knees are going to hurt. Okay, our players do not have an indoor facility. They do not have proper facilities. If you want your QB not to get hurt, you need an indoor facility. The Bengals need to take better care. If you're going to have stars, you got to treat them like stars. If I go yeah. to SNL, which is going to happen probably, then, well, and then they put me in like some shabby room and don't bring me what I ask for in terms of vegan diet. Luke, is that, is that why you left, Luke? There, there are no absence of vegan diets? Exactly. Uh, yeah, I did. It's all chicken yeah. wings there. Crap. Yeah, yeah. You can't live like that, Luke, like an animal. Yeah. Well, or like a, like a human animal. I don't know, like something. But yeah. anyways... I really believe that the next step for the Cincinnati Bengals, and I tweeted this, is to get a, an indoor practice facility. We're the only team in the AF, AFC North that doesn't have this, and we need it. It's a cold well, and the wear and tear will get to your body. Yeah, let's be honest. I mean, it's expensive, and so they need funding. They need money, like this show. That's why we have a Patreon. And so Whoa. if you want, you can support the show, patreon.com slash Sports. Obviously, you can... You can, you know, you can you can support the show. You can subscribe. You get the show bigger. And, and you know, and similarly, Mike Brown, maybe he started Patreon. He get the indoor facility. Mike, yeah. Mike uh, Brown already bungled that, too, because the University of Cincinnati was building an indoor practice field. And they were like, hey, Bengals, we're building an indoor practice field. Do you want to go in with us so that you guys can also use it? And Mike Brown was like, no, we don't want to do that. And they're like, hey, we're going to ask you one more time. Do you want to go in on this indoor practice facility so that you guys can use it? No, we don't want to go in on it. And then when they built it, he tried to strong arm them into forcing classic angles into it. Why classic did he want it, Luke? Why did not he why did he not want? Because he's here's a here's a here's the piece of news is because he's a terrible terrible owner. Yeah. And he doesn't care. Yeah, we've heard that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah which yeah, I mean, you know, uh, he, he is. But it seems like finally somebody has gotten to him. Or, or there is a theory. Maybe, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's a theory being proposed by some who are on our show. It's called the, the, the Weekend at Bernie's Theory about Mike Brown. Right, right, right. That's do you want to do you do you take the lead on that, Hoji? Well, uh, we had to explain it before because poor John has never seen the classic uh, Weekend at Bernie's footage. Luke, you're a, you're a, you're a, uh, you know, I'm sure you're a film. He's in the biz. Yeah, it's, it's a documentary. Yeah, yeah, it's a documentary about two young men who who kind of keep a, a millionaire going, uh, so they can live their dreams. Who do you think is puppeting? No hey, offense. No. Uh, uh, who do you think is puppeting Mike Brown's uh, uh, carapace? Uh, you know, I, I honestly think, and, and, and all joking aside, I really do think that uh, the to uh, Duke Tobin, I think that uh, Katie Blackburn, they're stepping up and the younger generation is coming in. That explains more the changes we've seen in the front office is that actually they want to do things right nowadays. And I think that you have a young crew, you have Zach, who's very young, and that's what's really going on here. Uh, I yeah. do think that, and if and so the analogy works in that way. That I think Mike is stepping back, and that's why we're seeing the changes. Because I mean, the money they're spending now. I hope they spend that money on these newly uh, released offensive linemen. I don't know if you guys have been following that news. Yeah. I hope the Bengals take their money and put it where my mouth is, which is yeah. on the offensive linemen's names. Okay, so to speak. that's weird. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I, I hope mean, they do that. Well, do you. Let me the ask thing, you, do you guys think, do you think that the particular demographic that Zach Taylor falls into plays a role in the kind of respect or influence maybe he gets? Do you um, get what I'm saying? I think that there was, there had to be a conversation when they hired Zach that they're like, okay, you have basically the the jingles and the hangers on of whatever is left from Marvin's regime, all, all of the bad choices of the last four years. I'm talking the Cedric of, of way he's in on, because it's been some not great drafts in recent Bengals memory. He, 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 I think when he was hired, they were like, you'd get a freebie year. Uh, 
I, I, I'm not going to say that they were tanking on purpose last year, but man, oh man, does that Ryan Finley decision, looking back on it, three winnable games where we, if Andy was playing, we probably had a better chance at winning against Oakland last year, against some of those teams where Ryan Finley just put up a, oh my God, why are we starting this guy type and, performance? And they, yeah, and they just announced that they're sticking with that. They're sticking with <laughs> yeah. as the backup. Oh, I know. That is I kind of a bummer, but kind of crazy. Yeah, it's a little crazy, but you know what I what I'm what I, you know what I'm getting at or maybe you don't. But no, I, I, totally I think do. I think that there was I, I totally do. I do. Yeah. I think there was a conversation where he's like evaluate this year and then they yeah. They tanked and and I keep saying that. It's very clear yeah. that they tanked. And can I just say one thing? Well, we got okay, we got we got two more uh, segments, two more uh, conditions we got to get through quickly. It's already been 35 minutes, but yeah, go ahead. Well, I'll wait. Go ahead. Okay. So the next thing is the bang. Part of being a Bengals fan means that you're going to see the players you love not getting recognition. Right. Recently, we've seen Bengals players Tyler Boyd, John Ross saying, "Hey, Joe Mixon is much better than you think. Hey, AJ Green, Joe Burrow is way better than Baker Mayfield and OBJ and whatever." Because these guys know they know the treatment we get, and fans yeah. should know too. So that's why you have to. Be prepared and find players that you see something in them that the rest of the world does not. You see how great they are. And for Bengals, there's some obvious ones. There's Ken Anderson. There's Ken Riley. There's, you know, even, you know, Corey Dillon. There's uh, Willie Anderson. So, guys, give me your most underappreciated Bengals player. John, go ahead. I'll start, I guess. Um, so, I originally wrote down Chinadim Ndukwe. He was a safety in the late 2000s. Sort of when that defense was getting picked up by by Mike Zimmer or whatever. He started for, I think, four years. It was a really solid player. But I think more towards what you were going for. Guys who were lasted long in the league and should have been given more credit from a league-wide perspective. I'll go Clint Bowling. He was started for, I think, I think seven years or maybe eight years at, le- at left guard. And he was basically above average for the entirety of his career. He was never the the high profile player that Kevin Zeidler was who ended up getting, you know, a, a market resetting deal at the right guard spot, but a left guard for all you could ask for playing next to Andrew worth and also taking care of business playing next to Russell Bodine at center. I think mm-hmm. he did about as well of a job as you could expect from a fourth round player to last oh, well over a hundred games in the NFL. He retired last year because, you know, he, he, it was very similar to, to Andrew Luck. He was suffering injuries and he just didn't want to deal with it anymore. And he chose to retire, I think, at the age of 31 to 32 years old to be with his family. But for the times that he was healthy, he was one of the more underrated left guards in the NFL. And he was still an above average player throughout the entirety of his career. So Clint Bowling fits along the lines of guys who just, if they played for another team, they probably would have been given, given more respect. Yeah. He also was drafted the same year as Andy and AJ. Yeah. So he's part of that. I, yeah, I think I, I lump him in with the the Andy and AJ years because he's. he's so who's your Luke? Who's your? Uh... Uh, I like that you went Chinadum and Duque. I'm giving it up to my boy Reggie Nelson. Uh, Reggie Nelson is I know I I loved him. I mean, we traded for him in 2010 uh, with the Jacksonville Jaguars for a, a corner. What's the corner's name? David Jones or something? Yeah. Um, traded for David Jones. We obviously got the the better end of the deal there. Uh, you know, Reggie wasn't playing up to his first round talent down in Jacksonville. Then he comes into Mike Zimmer's defense, uh, supplants, you know, the old Chris Crocker and starts starting and puts together 23 picks over the next four seasons. A lot and, of them were on Roethlisberger. That oh my, that, that's yeah. the reason why you got to love Reggie Nelson is yeah. that he always intercepted Roethlisberger in some, in the most clutch moments. Yeah. You know it's what I true. mean? Yeah, just roaming that whole the open we, field. We haven't beat the Steelers a lot, but the times we did was because, like, there's that 2012 game where we beat the Steelers to get right. into the playoffs. That yeah. Reggie Nelson pick with 28 seconds left. Come on, baby. But also, Reggie, he led the league in interceptions in 2015. He was insanely good in 2015. They hadn't beaten the Steelers since 2015 when Reggie oh, I know. that year. Yeah. So maybe that's the key. Yeah, yeah that's true. I was kind of sad to see him go. Oji, please. Well, I got a lot of them. I mentioned uh, A.J. McKinnon won't go there. Uh, I would also like to mention, honorary mention, Jeff Blake, uh, because when it comes to talking about great Bengals QBs, he often doesn't even get mentioned. He doesn't get talked about. It was a tough time for the Cincinnati Bengals, and he had not just a great arm and a great pass, but a great attitude and spirit. And I do feel that he's overlooked because he's 
African American, and and something to talk about on another day. But my choice uh, would, and I I know you guys are going to get angry. Drake Kirkpatrick, I believe Drake Kirkpatrick was underused, undervalued, and even by Bengals fans and uh, underappreciated. I, I wish he were still on the team. And Very I know that's yeah. yeah. I, I, he was a first round pick, and he never got to prove his uh, potential because uh, there was so there was so much pre- there was so little else going on in the secondary. There was so much pressure on him. Okay, well, he's the king of getting beat on every double move yeah. of all time and double having easy how, how is he under you? Yeah, yeah, he got a lot of chances. I think we gotta. I, I gotta disagree. I'm gonna go back to Blake real quick. You mentioned him. I just want to say, yeah, he talked about the fact that. You know, there was stereotypes about quarterback. That was a big struggle. He was just on uh, New Stripe City. Very long, interesting interview. So check that out. Our good friend Ace Boogie had a great interview with, with Zim Huday. And Blake was just on. He talked a lot about that. A lot of other interesting things going on in the NFL. Uh, he's very, very uh, aware of a lot of those issues. I'm going to go uh, with Max Montoya. Now, Max Montoya played alongside Anthony Munoz. Okay, he was in two Super Bowls, four-time Pro Bowler, three-time All-AFC. I mean, this guy, okay, was a 16-year guard for the for the Bengals, and we knew him personally. Great guy. He had a yeah. he had a, a lovely Mexican restaurant yeah. in our area. Yeah. he did it all. I mean, he did they, all. That wasn't catered, that wasn't they, even they would, in his catered to my vegan diet. Yeah, uh, Max Montoya was a tough guard, a durable guard, was there for the, big all man. the good times. A very, oh, big, very man. big man. Very, very, very big. gentle giant. You, you look up. Where are you? Hey, Max, hi. Like that. And nobody knows about this guy. I mean, this no, guy is borderline Hall of Famer. No. Nobody knows about him. Yeah. Okay. Last, uh, just, just, yeah. just real quick, just real quick. Because I know that Bengals, that anybody who proclaims to be a Bengals fan has to jump on the Ken Anderson to be in the Hall of Fame train. But I think you also have to include Willie Anderson in that too. So oh, yeah. if you're if you're a new oh, Bengals yeah. fan and Willie's you, you were probably alive when Willie Anderson played and he was the best right tackle in the NFL, you have to be on that train as well. So yeah, he he allowed like 20 sacks or something in his whole career, right? Yeah. Something was, crazy. Yeah, and then he went and got a ring with the Ravens. So yeah, classic. Okay. I was happy that he won. All right. Look, guys, the last thing is part of being a Bengals fan means that you have to develop, in your heart, you have to develop hatred for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Mm-hmm. And you're thinking, oh, why hate? Why be worried about the other team? Yeah, you don't get it. If you don't, if you don't get it, you don't get it. I mean, this is, the Steelers, not only do they play nasty, not only are they nasty, not only do they say nasty things, not only do their fans, some of their fans, you know, obviously it's Mother's Day, like John, you know, <laughs> we're not going to include all the Steelers fans. Well, a lot of <laughs> a, a lot, lot of Steelers the, fans, except one, except one. Well, John has other family members of Steelers. Sans most one. of them, most of them. If uh, they name Sheeran, we're cool with them. Yeah, but yeah, they, 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 they hate us, and so the response on our behalf. Has you to you be notice how quickly there you go to the us and them language. You see, yeah. this is classic totalitarian talk. You see, this is how he is. This is the this is the markings of someone with some fascist leanings. It's in group, uh, out group, yeah. And yeah, in group, out group. I don't know. And that's what that's the whole that's, show, right? You want to be a Bengals know, fan? I'm building. A, he built a wall, and you have to get well, over the wall to be a Bengals fan. That's just classic, Daniel. I'm just trying to make being a Bengals fan great again. Is what I'm they, trying to do. Yeah, right exactly. <laughs> exactly. I exposed you. No, I I, I'll go first. Wrong. I'll go first. I'll no, go I want to drain the swamp of all the the, the yeah, bandwagoners, yeah. all the fake right. bangers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Daddy. Now let me let me just say I'll start if you guys don't mind. Please. Uh, so I actually would like to see less Bengal Steelers rivalry. I think that I've seen the nastiness. I've seen it at the the Coliseum. I've seen it in the bathroom of all places. It was messy. It was ugly. Yeah. Uh, but I believe, number one, I admire a lot of things about the way the Steelers have been run and organized. They play ugly and they play dirty, and a lot of the fans in Pittsburgh have promoted that, and a lot of them don't. But I've been noticing, and I wanted to throw this in here, a new rivalry, and I don't know if you guys agree, one that we didn't really have before between the Bengals and the Dolphins. And I noticed it, like you noticed the one game we won last year, because Zach has that Dolphins history. And it's a much friendlier and more healthy version of what a rivalry can be, which is just a competitive, you know, fun game nature of it. That's what I'd like to see more. 
the way. Yeah, it's not going to happen though with the Steelers. It will. You know, it like can. they want to you break know, our bones. They want to give us concussions. Millennial fans are not like us. You, like, you guys boom. remember? Do you remember? Just, I mean, there was that uh, game where Dalton broke his thumb. Do you remember they they headhunted Eifert that same oh, game? Gosh, remember? Yeah. And, and, and people have been st- uh, tweeting and, things about headhunting poor poor Burro already. I mean, yeah. it's nasty. I yeah, get exactly. It. Yeah. But, so, you, but yeah. one one bad fan doesn't speak for the whole. No, there's, no, the players. There's the some players. nasty Bengals fans out there. Did you know that? There are. Uh, I've seen them. Yeah, there are. Getting... On average, your average NFL fan is is pretty bad. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Honestly. It's a violent game. It Here's is, and thing. you don't need to make it worse. You guys, the thing that bothers me, because like you said, uh, I do admire a lot of the things that the Steelers have done over the years. Like, look at last year. They managed to scrape together eight and eight starting Duck Hodges at quarterback and right. Mason Rudolph. Yeah. They're yeah. a well-run organization. So part of it, you just have to set aside as obviously I'm jealous that this team is so well-run and well-coached and that even when they have a bad year, it's eight and eight. They don't go for – the Steelers do not go four and 12. They don't have years like that. And I'm aching for them to have it. And you talk about how there's a rivalry. Back in 2015 when the Bengals are good, you can make that argument. But here's the thing is they don't even think about us. They're I, right. I disagree. They talk about oh, they, they talk, talk about, about us a lot. They, they, they talk about the Ravens lot. because the Ravens at, are a threat. They, no, look at, look at Florio and how much he he is stirred the pump, made all this noise about Burrow because he didn't hey, John, want to get Burrow. He John, was worried about it. John, yeah, John. John. I, I equate a lot of it to the relation between OSU fans and Michigan fans. Whereas I, because I, I have no stake in that rivalry, but Michigan has won like three times in I think the past twenty years. Right. But and 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 I and I think from from my perspective that OSU fans shouldn't even think of Michigan as the rivalry. But OSU fans still hate Michigan. I think it's the same thing where Steelers fans still hate the Bengals, even though they're just a class above them. So I think it, it, it's it's. Devolved the Ravens from are their actual, main rival. Right, right. Yeah. It's devolved from an actual rivalry, whereas the teams are not very equal anymore. It's up to the Bengals to get back to that point. But I think from the way I, the you know, my despisation of them, mm-hmm. it, it has nothing to do with, I think, their successes or anything, because most of their success happened before I was born. It's it's the James Harrisons, it's the Mike Mitchells, it's the Kimo yeah. Von Oli offense. Yeah. It's the it's the fact that like they're good and we know that they're good, but they continue to get away with that stuff. That even if I wasn't a Bengals fan, I would still call them out for. But because I identify as a Bengals fan, I I'm looked at as like I just hate the Steelers. Well, no, I don't like how James Harrison and Mike Mitchell, you know, just try to ruin people's careers and yeah. they continue to get away with it. Yeah, you yeah. remember who was the guy? Which one was the guy who pulled the hair? That was, oh. that was Mike Munchen. Or Mike Munchen, Mike Munchen, the coach. Nelson's hair. I'm still Mike angry Munchen. about that. Yeah, I'm still angry. And that he was Luke's favorite hair? player. That was Reggie Nelson too. I love Reggie Nelson. Yeah, but yeah. that was so cheap. And you yeah. know, like you know, doing that, and then the other guy gets called. I hate stuff like that. That's bullying. I know. I get it. Yeah. Well, that but was actually called... that, yeah. that was actually my thing. I hate about the Steelers is that yeah they get away with stuff. Well, really, it's that there there's this idea that they're tough. Yeah. yeah, all football players are tough, man. All these guys are tough. Are you kidding me? Everybody knows and how then, to hit. And then they would complain about Montez. You remember that? Like, come on. Do you on, remember man. when they knocked out Geo? Do you remember when they, they... love to have? Yeah. yeah, and the thing was, Shazier, you remember when they yeah. hit our punter? Yeah, no, I mean, Shazier knocks him out. It's knocks completely... him out. And then he, he cripples himself doing it. And, and it's all of a sudden, it's like, this guy's been doing that his whole career. And now, yeah. you know, it's like, oh, this was a freak no. accident. No, man, this is the way the guy plays. But it's but, like, yeah, but but that's why like I I at the end I I started to not defend Vontez like at the at the beginning yeah. it was nice to have somebody on that level but at the same point it was just like I'm just being a hypocrite if I'm if I'm enabling Vontez with this behavior because it's the one thing that I didn't like about the Steelers. Yeah, that's true. You, you can't yeah you can't defend Vontez by the end when he's when he's on that's camera. That's what I mean. Stuff. Right. Yeah, that's what I mean. This yeah. only comes to an end. See, this is yeah. the thing. This is why I'm about world peace. This only comes to an end when you have a healthy rivalry. It's not a healthy rivalry right now. No, it's not. Well, no, but it hasn't been. It hasn't been like that since uh, for a little while. It hasn't been like ankle twisting. uh, That that did stop once Shazier went to the hospital. Yeah, once we. Yeah, yeah. But I will say my beef with the Steelers, and this is this is. I'll say this. I love John Sweet Mom. I've never met her. She seems like a very nice lady. But man, oh man, 
the amount of Ohio-based Steelers fans who go, my aunt is from Pittsburgh. It's like, just have the cojones to say, I don't have the fortitude to root for a loser. I have to, I, I know this is the home team, but I have to, I don't have the patience for, for a Bengals. I, I have to root for a winning organization, which is what the Steelers are. Uh, just, just admit that. Don't tell me that there's a, a family link. It's like, if you're not from there, come on, dog. Just admit you don't have the patience and you, you, that you just want the easy way out, which I want to. I, 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 I'm sure I could invent some way how I could become a Saints fan or something. But Well, look, I mean, look, you, you really, uh, you, your generation, I mean, sticking, you've been all over the country. You lived in New York, I imagine, for San Love, you're in L.A., and you've still been loyal to the Bengals, which means a lot. I mean, fans like you are really what it's all about. And so other people elsewhere in the world want to be Bengals fans if they are prepared for the heartbreak and being underappreciated, their players being underappreciated. And for the Steelers to do something where you're like, wait a second, human beings are capable of that? Yeah. You have to prepare your mind and your heart for those to be a Bengals fan. And that is, what we're, that is why we're trying to help you out here. It's and a yeah, new day. It, it, it really day. is. You know. And you can tell it's going to be a new day because all of the pundits in, in, in sports media are hating that Joe Burrow is oh, yeah. going to play for the Cincinnati Bengals. And I'm now the talk is about his weapon. adds up to something. Now the talk is about his, his weapons. And, I, I mean, you got to be kidding me. Like, you got to be kidding. I saw someone's ranking of wide receivers, a top 12 receivers, and A.J. Green wasn't there. Like, you got to be kidding me. That guy's been the top three receiver every year in the league. Like, I mean, people- I, I get the skepticism. He hasn't played in a year and a half. Like, I get why P- – and the thing is, sleep on us. Sleep yeah, on exactly. us. exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Our, our receiving core, you cannot name a better receiving core right now. You can't. And, and the, the thing is, it's such a diverse receiving core. You got the, the ultimate, you know, possession receiver, the guy, you know, who can jump over people. AJ Green can do it all. You got the speed guy, John Ross. You got the slot guy in Tyler Boyd. You got the, the young rookie open guy. You got everything. You got Auden Tate, the hands guy. The, Auden Tate is the, the, the person that everyone's sleeping on. He's so good. He's not yeah. going to go play probably at all this year. Because all, it's almost like the whole Drake Kirkpatrick thing, really. Well, yeah, we're done so, so yeah, so I mean, you got... You I, got I would have the- accepted Leon Hall for that. I would have been like, you know what, Leon Hall... That is, is a great, great answer. Yeah. That is a great yeah. answer. Yeah, Leon. So, I mean, look, guys. AJ yeah. McCarron, Drake Kirkpatrick, my dream team. <laughs> oh, this is what being I a Bengals tie for you, Luke. You gotta change your last name to this A. Is, Smith. You cannot this disagree is, with me, Luke. I wore a tie for you. I never wear a tie. This That's is what being a Bengals fan. No, but being a Bengals fan, it makes you find the weirdest things to appreciate. That's yeah, part it, of it. It made me very weird. Yeah. It made me we, very weird. The, we think we think Jeff Blake is a Hall of Famer. Me and Hoji. So, I mean, that's yeah. what. Yeah, but, but yeah. honestly, I don't think straight. I really don't. Right. My mind is that rainbow. No one throws a rainbow like Jeff. Beautiful. Beautiful. All right, Luke, thank you so much. And please, please download his stand-up. He's brilliant. He's a great comic. He's, yeah. he's, he's up and coming. Everybody should know about him, especially Cincinnati fans. Uh, we really hope to get you on the show again. It was great. True fan. John Sheeran of comedy. Yeah, he really is. That is high praise. Now, now that's high praise. Yeah. Uh, thank you guys for having me on. I hope sure. next time uh, that uh, we can we can have a throwback Bengals uh, chat and have you guys back on the notebook paper, if just for once for old times. For sure. You got it, man. Just for, for sure. you. Just for you. So, yeah. So, please don't forget to subscribe, uh, like, all that stuff. We're trying to get the show going again like we used to, regular shows uh, with all the big fans who need so much information. And, yeah. And we will see you next time. So, so long. It's Viti. Bye.